was the first track on Paul McCartney's second solo LP from 1970, I believe, entitled Ram, a record that uh, played quite a part in my life at one long past distant point. And um, the uh, Christmas cast, you might call this, is entitled A Disease That I Don't Have the Courage to Name. And uh, the subject is communication between people and the long-term and decisive cost of not communicating the truth to somebody 
at a time of low ebb and pain and suffering. And um, the cost first to the church, second uh, to uh, those you love, and finally, sadly, the cost in self-slaughter and suicide quite quite commonly in your own life. And the relationship of this to suicide uh, came to me very strongly uh, during Tully and Tavidian's remarkable uh, um, uh, talk that he gave the other night at uh, Living Faith Lutheran Church in uh, Lutheran Brethren Church in Cape Coral, Florida, in which he talked about suicide in an entirely non-draw-attention-to-myself type of way, but in a way that spanned the entire age range and history of the listeners from top to bottom in this remarkable talk that he gave. But I'm not drawing attention to him in this. I'm drawing attention to the um, uh, cost of failures to communicate especially pain. And in My Son is a Splendid Driver, the author, who's about 44 or 45, mid to late career person, returns to his small Kansas town in which he grew up to visit his mother and father at Christmas. And his mother is not at the train station, which surprises him, but his father takes him home. And then his mother, who is there, who looks terrible, she's 66 or 67 years old, and she's thin and looks like she's wasting away and looks like a Beulah Bondi character on a bad day in a Lyle Barrymore movie from the Great Depression, and that's what she is. She's a, a very, very bereft and forlorn-looking, wizened sort of raisin of a, of a small person who obviously is in a terrible situation. And she is able to confide her situation to her son, but she's not able to confide her situation to anyone in the Christian church, which is an enormous loss, let alone to God. And um, we want to talk about that, but we don't want to talk about it in such a way that kicks the church, because the church, as Paula White never tires of saying, in principle, it's the, it's the lampstand. The church is the lampstand for the light of the words of God's mercy to this world. But it is a lampstand which often doesn't actually seem to match up with what it takes itself or thinks of itself as the lampstand, which is sort of the mainstream church of any form you want to reckon. And... Uh, uh, this is um, what uh, his mother says to him when he enters the house. Why do you suppose I didn't go to the depot with him? I always do, don't I? Yes, mother. I didn't go this time because I'm ashamed to be seen. Why, mother? Then she posed her face before me under the light, and I saw a couple of raw little sores on her lower lip, supposing them to be fever blisters. Your father has given me a disease that I don't have the courage to name. Well, in fact, she's not playing a part. Her father, who's a sort of uh, feckless, lame sort of traveling salesman near the end of his career, had picked up what used to be called the clap and later was called um, a social disease and is now called an STD from a prostitute on a overnight business trip in Kansas City or someplace like that. And he had given it to his mother. And he says, my parents now suffered a personal despair that relegated the depression to a background or setting. Isn't that classic? You know, you're not going to remember about the different cultural currents that were going on currently, Donald Trump or Roy Moore or Harvey Weinstein or Al Franken. When you're 
near the near the end of your life and pondering it, you're going to be thinking about what was going wrong in a relationship in this year, what was going right in a relationship this year, what kind of personal uh, bitterness came to fruition this year, or what how you were treated this year. That's what you're going to remember. The the things that you read and hear on uh, on MSM or whatever you want to call it are going to be relegated to a setting. But I want to read. Uh, this is not long. I want to read what what uh, what what happens. She then says because she had stopped going to church in Dreich. She says this, church isn't the place to go with your troubles. Church is just a place to go when you're feeling good or, or I have a new hat to wear. There was a little bitterness in what she said, a little self-pity, but there was also truth. Our minister would have been the last person in the world my mother could have talked to, to have lifted the curse she felt upon her and saved her from feeling damned. She would have embarrassed the man into speechlessness had she gone to him with her story. He would have been unable to look at her or my father without coloring. Inge concludes, most of our morality, I was beginning to think, was based on a refusal to recognize sin. Our entire religious heritage, it seemed to me, was one of refusal to deal with it. Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, now, again, this is a problem. This is what we've been saying in Mockingbird, and I've been saying in my cast, and I've been trying to say for many years. And, and it's really what Tullian was getting at in his remarks on, um, on suicide a few nights ago. Um, we are finding it almost impossible to talk to the Christian church, quay the Christian church, in quotes, or pastors, or people, or figures, or in some cases we even attribute this to God, to, to um, uh, 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 an ear that will have no empathy, compassion, or understanding for what we feel and what we actually are going through, have done, or have thought. This, uh, it's like today, you, 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 you're guilty of an act. Al Franklin did something you deeply regret, say, 10 years ago, and there is no mercy on him. Now, I'm not uh, either exonerating him or attacking him. I'm simply saying, if you can find mercy, uh, th there was one person, what is her name? Evan, Linda, uh, somebody good, Kathy Lee Gifford, maybe Kathy Lee Gifford, who, who evinced in one little post a little, let's have a little, bit of, uh, a little bit of mercy here, for heaven's sake. Well, it's not there. But if you don't feel that you can go to the church or Christians and receive complete mercy and understanding and compassion and empathy and, 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 and love that does not judge, you won't go back. And that's why the mother in this story, to whom uh, the book is actually dedicated, um, she doesn't go back to the church. She loses her church and then her faith as a result of the church's misunderstanding of its message to be the law, even though it doesn't quite intend that, but a little bit of law intincts the whole. It intincts and stains the whole. And all she receives is, is judgment. And I want to ask you, I mean, do you, whom do you really talk to? I mean, whom do you really talk to? You see, people commit suicide, and then everybody else says afterwards, in the immediate aftermath, well, I never knew. I didn't have the slightest idea that she was so d disturbed and in despair and hopeless that she would take her own life. It never occurred to me. She gave no indications. Well, she didn't. I mean, she gave a few indications that if you had been a really sensitive person or had been in touch with your own losses, your own amputations, the amputations on your life, such as Tullian has, has experienced, you would probably, if you would knew about your own losses or were conscious of them or desired to be conscious with them, or if someone else had been hel helped you empathetically through your losses and amputations, then you might be able to have seen what this person was sort of giving out in the body language. But she wasn't going to tell you because people won't tell
tell you if they think you're going to somehow not really help them through it or, or understand or haven't experienced it yourself. This is why Tullian's ministry, by the way, has such potential. I don't care what you say, the Pharisees out there, um, for people who are suffering, which is most people at some point in their lives, even acutely, suffering losses and amputations that are seem to be irrecoverable and impossible to fill up or heal or, or, or stitch back together again, Humpty Dumpty, all the king's men and all the king's horses could not stitch Humpty Dumpty back together again. That was a terrible meter, but you know what I'm saying. You're not going to tell anybody, and then you're going to hold it in, and you might hold it in habitually, you know, sort of consciously for a year, and then you'll begin to hold it in habitually. And then whenever that subject comes up, you will always change the subject. How are you doing? Or how is she? And then you'll just find a way to instantaneously change the subject to the shape of water, you know, or, or whatever it is that, that currently might, uh, you're so smart, the devil is so smart, he'll give you an, something to say to the other person that will get them off the scent, because it's now become habituated that no one could possibly understand you. And one day, the thing will become unbearable, and the roof will fall in. And uh, you may, in fact, do something you shouldn't do. You may say something you shouldn't say. You may uh, make a pass at someone at whom you should never make a pass. And you didn't really, in your right mind, you never would have. You may, in fact, decide to take pills. You may, I mean, I know somebody just the other day who killed themselves, you know, with, with, uh, with pills and, and alcohol. I mean, we're, we're, we're seeing it now. We see it all over. Mary and I see it all over. And we, we see the potential at moments of crisis in our own lives. Um, you have to have, have, have felt this to, to be it. Somebody wrote a horrible pod, uh, 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 thing about me on the internet the other day, and they said, "Well, if, if you listen to his podcast, you'd, he, he's had two nervous breakdowns, you know, and he defends, you know, he's defending somebody who da 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 da." And I wanted to say, "Well, you know, a I haven't had two nervous breakdowns. I never would have called them two nervous breakdowns, but I I, I know what it's like to uh, come to a place that feels like uh, uh, no exit." I, I, I personally have experienced what it feels like to feel that there is no exit before this uh, problem in your character or this problem in your past or this problem of, of, of you're too passive or this problem in your inability to confront or this problem in terms of your fear of actually saying what's really on your mind for fear of being thrown into outer darkness or your fear of whatever it is or, or, or whatever it is. Um, I, I know what it is like to feel, to have come before a, a wall that will not open in, to which there is no, uh, there's no entrance and there is no egress. Uh, what do we call it, a box canyon? Uh, th th that person who wrote that horrible e e email and said some other awful things or whatever, that person should have said, well, you know, maybe if he knows what it's like to be in a box canyon, maybe when I uh, have been in a box canyon, uh, I might be able to talk to a Christian who has actually felt himself to be in that kind of situation. I mean, why not? Why do you not tell people what's really in your mind? Even when you sort of say, finally, you know, well, I think I'll really just tell this person what I'm really thinking about. You rarely tell them all of it. You often tell them just half of it, or you leave out the most important part of it. You know, you, you give them your resume, even your resume of tragedy, but you don't tell them the real uh, causative, uh, just origin of the, the thing. And that's why um, Tullian's uh, message was so powerful, and it's why um, William Inge's uh, text here is so powerful, for my son is a splendid driver. And it's what I really want to say, that, that when you don't, uh, judgment increases the sin, and then it also makes you hide the sin, and then the sin just gets bigger, and the bigger, it's like a pressure cooker, if, if it's growing inside you and it doesn't um, 
Uh, it's going to explode. I, I conclude, I, you, you need to find some of the talk. You can talk to me. You can talk to Tullian. You can talk to Stacy. You can talk to any, Mary Zoll. God knows you can talk to her. And the thing about Mary, she'll never tell. Mary will never, ever tell. She's the only person I've ever known who truly knows how to keep a secret. I'm sure there are others, but I know that she does because she knows things that, how do you know that? Well, 15 years ago, da 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 da. You know, she knows how to keep button her lips. Years ago, I visited a lady, a wonderful old German single widow. She wasn't a widow. She'd never been married in New York City. And she was in a terrible state when I got there. She was in her mid 80s, and she actually died soon after that. And I was there when she died. I was there with the police. That's another story. Um, that's a true story. But. Um, she said, the most terrible thing has happened to me. I'm going to make her sound like Count Dracula. Um, but she wasn't. She said, I was opening a, a can of peaches that I'd had for some, you know, a couple of years. She probably had it for five years. And I opened this can of peaches and bam, the can exploded. There'd obviously been some heat waves. She probably hadn't properly, you know, in New York, she probably didn't have air conditioning in her apartment. And she would let it sit there for five years. And maybe at some point it had gotten shaken or moved. And literally it exploded. She was lucky she didn't get killed by a piece of flying metal. But all over her little tiny kitchen in her New York City apartment were pieces of peach that had exploded with such velocity that they had embedded themselves into the finish of the wall and she had to have her entire kitchen completely repainted because it had thousands of little bits of exploded peach. Well, that's what happens to you and me when we bottle it up and we hold it and we don't say anything and we become habituated and Tullian was right and uh, the mother of William Engine, this story was right and uh, it is terrible. And be the kind of person who is so in touch with your own sin that you can can handle somebody else's and uh, preach the same God who is so in touch with our sin because of the incarnation nation that he can handle ours and that's all i have to you to say and uh, merry christmas and i conclude with a another paul mccartney song uh, called let him in it's not a commentary on illegal immigration or on syrian refugees it is paul mccartney's take on the 500th anniversary of the protestant reformation and if you think i'm kidding listen to the whole song you're the greatest i love you merry christmas